0: What's going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California. Most likely all of California. I like that better. In all of California, the Sacktown FC podcast presented and sponsored by Roughneck Scars. Check them out at roughneckscars.com and raise your game today. My name is John, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Luis and special guest coming to you live from Phoenix Arizona Jared the legendary guest from show 12 I think has returned to talk some Phoenix soccer and republic Jared welcome back Luis how
1: are you tonight doing good i uh, really excited for our first playoff game this Saturday and uh, you know really looking forward to that and and for us to talk about what that game will be and really excited to have Jared back on. Thank you for uh, coming back on the show, uh, especially since uh, you are there from Phoenix. You have a lot of insights on, on the team and the secrets, right on maybe what their lineup's going to look like and what we can expect. And uh, really cool that you're actually going to be uh, able to attend the match too. So be able to give us the inside scoop right on, on what goes on. But how are you doing Jared?
2: I'm doing excellent. Uh, I can't wait for Saturday. I'm just uh, glad that. Uh, uh, being starting striving FC, we're able to get tickets going, albeit uh, it'll be socially spaced like you've seen at some other stadiums. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot to discuss about this coming Saturday. Yeah, definitely. This Saturday is going to be interesting. Um, before we get started, this podcast
0: is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while also creating opportunities for to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at reboot.soccer.com. Where you can find more ways to be part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find that at you can reboot on Twitter and Instagram, and as I'd stated, online at reboot.soccer. soccer. Well, let's get into some of the recap of this past season, these last sixteen games or so, uh, with Jared from the Phoenix perspective. Jared, you've been down in the uh, Valley of the Sun for this season. What has been some of the ups? of this club and what should we, what could we expect from a Phoenix team that I don't want to say struggled, but they didn't look the same as they have in years past. What were the positives of this club this year?
2: Well, as uh, trying to keep it in recent tradition of uh, getting into the playoffs, uh, they've actually shown fairly strong. Uh, There has been some drop-offs compared to last year's run to the uh, playoffs. And, year before that when it went all the way to the final uh but um of course uh, the covid has taken precedence in regard to uh regimen for uh, for the club uh they haven't had to play as many games out in the heat because there haven't been as many games period uh but uh phoenix is definitely still a a force to be reckoned with albeit with recent developments uh that could end up being a big uh goat head in, in the road for or these barefoot Phoenix Rising FC players? Who's to say?
0: Yeah, I, I think of this group. You know, you look at Phoenix Rising this year. They scored forty-six goals. They they allowed seventeen. But I don't know if it was the goals and the and the defense that was surprising for me, but more their losses. Right? We go back and we look at some of these losses that they had. All in, in all, they had three losses, but they also had two draws. And these draws were very uncharacteristic of them because they were draws in which they were either fighting to earn the points or they were ahead. And I think you go back and you look at the game against – I'm going back to July 16th against uh, Orange County. It was their second game back. They drew 1-1, but they also got a red card in that match. And In fact, they got red cards in two matches in a row against Orange County. And did nothing but complain. What? Why was it just there? They were rusty coming back. What was going on with that club? They, they, you know, July eleventh, they beat LA Galaxy two four nil. But then they go into a run of two games where they draw and they 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 draw and they lose to uh, Orange County. Orange County eventually falls apart. But what was going on to start the campaign for Phoenix?
2: Well, that usually seems to be a part of the course for Phoenix early on in the season, or should I say, with a, a few matches starting out. Uh, I remember, I believe it was either last season or the season beforehand, were for the first several matches. They had either uh, they had actually had a, a tie streak. They couldn't win, couldn't lose. But uh, I would say, as far as this goes, uh, given the talent that they had, uh, I would mark this up for just... Early season jitters, but then again, Orange County—you know—they're a major uh, thorn in, in a lot of clubs' side. I mean, Phoenix, Sacramento—that's their characteristic. They just—they can't really dominate you, but they get stuck in your craw to, to where you can't really make a lot of moves.
1: Yeah, and there's one game that I really remember from Phoenix, and I, I watched a lot of this game. Was the game they lose against Reno, right at Reno? Uh, I was expecting a Phoenix win, especially because of the season they were having, especially, you know, having a high offense. And it's true, Reno had a good squad, but Republic was able to contain them in those four matches and now to see that they couldn't beat Reno. I think that gives, gives us a little bit of a head advantage going into this game and knowing that this team couldn't be a team that couldn't beat you. And so I think that's something to take a look at. But I'm sure you probably saw more of that game. And uh, what were some of the key factors into Reno being able to beat Phoenix, in your opinion? Well,
2: I mean, Reno, they've, and, and I really hate to say this, they've been really strong this year, uh, having uh, taken out every any team they've taken uh, the pitch against except the Republic, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I was really surprised to see uh, Phoenix just – basically fall down flat against Reno. Uh, I think um, a couple of the Reno players, um, and I'm trying to remember their roster off, off the top of my head, uh, but they do have a couple of powerhouse players you know, all through the season. Uh, really, as far as Phoenix, you know, there really wasn't much of an answer, which kind of astounded me. I mean, this is a team that a couple of years ago finally got to the USL Cup, and now they're – maintaining a huge lead, basically winning out to Group B. But there's always going to be that one club outside of the group that's going to be problematic.
1: And I think another team that you would say complicated is probably San Diego Loyal, right, towards the end of the season. Mm. You know, they, they lost at home, right, against the Loyal 3-2 and what was a really shocking result. And also, you know, the last game, Loyal was winning. True, they ended up losing by default. We all know what happened but they were still beating them 3-1, and who knows what would have happened in that second half, but still, I, I think Loyal could have uh, pulled that win as well. What, what do you think Loyal had that Phoenix just couldn't actually like contain? Well, I remember watching
2: at least the last uh, 20 or so minutes of the, uh, not this past Wednesday's match, but the other match between San Diego and Phoenix. It was very, very dicey. You had a goal that was waved off uh, by Phoenix that, per the commentators, looked like it actually advanced past the goal line, but it looks like that it actually went backwards. And just a few minutes later, um, there was a Phoenix goal that uh, ended up making it 3-2. Uh, San Diego goes the other way. Uh, they scored a goal, but it was waved off uh, for being offsides. Uh, San Diego's goalkeeper got injured. Uh, someone on San Diego ended up getting a red card. It was a very dramatic match between these two. I, I see this as being easily as a, as the next big I eight rivalry uh, between these two pubs. Now, as far as last Wednesday's match, I mean, I didn't get a chance to, to, to really watch it, but I did see highlights and the force, the, the unfortunate incident uh, just before halftime. But, I would say possibly the the mix that San Diego has and, of course, having a former Republic FC player Inra Clemente on there, it doesn't exactly hurt, it hurt them either. But um, I think that uh, S- San Diego is definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, next season. I mean, they have things worked out a little bit better. I'd say we we more than likely be seeing a Reno take on San Diego.
0: Yeah, you know, I, it's disappointing. I, I really feel for the Loyal, I thought the Loyal deserved to to have a playoff spot. Could you imagine if, if they would have ended up gaining points against LA and the league had done the right thing by potentially awarding them the win after what had happened and then walking off, they'd be a playoff team. Yeah. And they would be a number two seed. Now, you know, in my personal feeling, I, I feel like the league should have should have, you know, done something more and removed Galaxy and Phoenix from the playoffs for their behavior, especially Phoenix after the show that, that they put on with the coach, his comment, his apology that came out uh, on the team bus on the trip home. Fleming's, you know, the league's not going to suspend you or put you on administrative leave if you're innocent. So that's disappointing. That's a whole different story. We'll get into that in a minute, but. You know, in the end, I think uh, I, I I want to touch on this game, and I, I I'm curious to know your thoughts, Jared. I, I think this game is going to be one. Uh, obviously, it's gonna, everybody's. Oh yeah, it's going to be one in the attacking third, but I think it's going to be one in the first five minutes, maybe the first ten. For those of you who watched the Republic play this year, the first ten minutes have been a struggle for them all year. Whether it's possession in the midfield, their defensive lapses that they've had. Um, and they concede. If they concede early in this match um, against Phoenix, now Phoenix, again, will be without their top scorer and without a crucial member of their midfield. Um, We'll talk about that. But they still have some amazing talent who can come out and change the game. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Jared?
2: Well, you're definitely right as far as uh, Republic FC uh, conceding goals early. That has been a major weakness that, that we've had season as well as uh, not finishing uh, once we're in the attacking zone. Uh, now, even though Phoenix no longer has uh, Junior Fleming's available for the playoffs, you know, you still have a big name in Solomon Asante, who just won the uh, Golden Assista Award. that was uh, made apparent by, by the league. And, of course, you still have even their other big names like uh, Baccaro, uh, Schweitzer, and also their, their goaltender, uh, uh, Zach Lubin, uh, he's actually proved uh, pretty decent this year so far. But uh, uh, it, I would say, just like you put it, you know, it, the game could be won or lost within the first five or ten minutes. I mean, we've got to do a better job in not conceding goals. I mean, it, well, ideally it would be great not to concede any goals, but it seems uh, a running thing is – we, we let the first or second goal go in 5-10 f- minutes. We have to work and work and work until it ends up being the 80th, 85th minute or even extra time before we even make up any ground in a situation like that.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be really critical, right, that we go the first 10 minutes without getting a goal against because there's going to be a difficult team to try to make a comeback against. Not impossible, but it, it is going to be uh, a bit tough. And they have to really, really put an emphasis on that defense this uh, game because, as we said earlier, Phoenix was one of the top, most uh, goal scored in the league with 46. You have a really offensive team. And if you can't contain these players, we might be in, in a world of hurt in this match. And uh, let's not be surprised if by the first half, it's already determined if we make those mistakes we've made in other games. Um but I think if the team is able to pass that 10-minute mark, no goal against, I could see the team at least being able to read the game a little bit better and, and really kind of uh, get a feel for what the strategy is on the Phoenix side and maybe being able to get a, a one-up on that. And we've seen it in other Republic games, right? We don't get score run early on and the team starts to get a general idea of how the, the game will be like and, and we tend to get the win or at least get a tie-in. So really critical. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, now the question I want to post to you guys, uh, we talked about it in the previous podcast about what lineup we would want to see in this next game. Would you want to repeat the lineup from the last game or who would you change from that lineup against that T2?
0: I mean, you got to go with what works, right? You hadn't scored four goals and a half all season. You... Essentially conceded early every, you know, many matches that have put you in a hole. This match, you scored two goals in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the of the match. And then you still are able to continue scoring. If it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. It's not broke. I think you have to stay with that same lineup. Um, and you go from, you, you you have to go with it because that's the lineup that was your most successful. Yes, it was Timbers too. Would I have loved to have seen this same uh, group against Reno? Yes. Would I have loved to see this same group against Orange County and LAFC and San Diego when we played them? Yes. I want to see those guys against proven teams in the playoffs, especially when you lose to LA. So I want to see the group that started that last match. I want to see them come out. I want to see them with an intensity and a fire uh in their belly to to win this match potentially knowing that this is their game to lose yes it is away yes it is in front of fans i get that but for all the controversy that's happened um you know phoenix got a nice little warm up to to get ready for the playoffs with a 4-0 win but so did we now it's a matter of going in and executing on saturday
1: yeah,
2: I would agree with uh, Jonathan. I mean, given the, the set that we had, we, uh, the tenacity we had for the first half alone, that's something we haven't seen all season. I mean, we've seen in that in years past. Oh, oh, two. <laughs> well, I, either way, I, I I want us to, to keep the same formation we have. I mean, it's it's worked. I mean, four, yeah, four goals in the first half I and mean, the first 25 minutes, I mean – Granted, yes, it's against Portland, but Portland has ended up surprising a couple clubs here and there uh, towards the later end of the season. So we need to put uh, put the uh, pedal to the metal against Phoenix. I mean, especially against Phoenix. I mean, this is a team that we ended up losing to at Casino Arizona Field last year for only the third, uh, possibly third time in six years in Arizona. Uh, it is going to be a little bit uh, hostile, uh, given the fact that it's in a way and it has fans. But given la- last week's uh, controversies, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a slight diminishing of uh, casual fans. Of course, uh, the supporter groups, uh, Red Fury, Banditos—you know—they're they're of course still going to bring it for the club. But uh, I would say, you know, just like Jonathan said, if it
1: if it's not broken. Why fix it? Keep it going. Milk it till we get to the cup. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you guys. Yeah, I actually said it in the last uh, podcast too. I think they should repeat. The only thing, and, and Coach said this in the press conference in the past game, is that do you either put Deco or do you put Sarges? We know both players are completely different. Coach said might be Sarges. He said Sarges does have that experience as in season experience. Whereas Deco, we only saw a little bit of him towards the end of it. And we know that Deco is uh, one of those players that I like to say starts off with the yellow card. <laughs> he tends to be pretty aggressive and get that yellow card early on. So who would you guys put? Would you guys start with Deco or would you start with uh, Sarges, who has been a regular starter over the season?
2: Something i would noticed... Uh
1: possibly over the past few matches,
2: uh, and maybe it's just from, from my observations. Sargis, when he starts out, it seems like he's sleepwalking for the first uh, 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, there's been a couple times where we've conceded goals that he probably could have had quicker reflexes on or read the ball a little bit better. Uh, Declan, like you said, getting the uh, the early yellow, you know, that's going to be an issue too. But uh, I don't know. Sargis has been improving since, so I'll give him that. So I would say I'd save Deckel for later on the match, maybe second half and then have Sargis build up that, uh, that focus, maybe see if he, if he can stop that sleepwalking for the first several minutes. But I would say, let, let's try Sargis uh, to start.
0: See, I'm I'm going to go with the experience. I'm going to go with the proven, the proven man and Deckel. I think Deckel has proven that he needs to start the last few matches in which he started. We've looked a little more, uh, Sound defensively, at least um, for the for the first ten minutes when we normally concede. I like Deckel out there. Deckel not only is he is he a player, he's also a coach. And so when he's on the pitch, you know you're going to have somebody who uh, Mark Briggs trusts, who has the same mentality, the mindset, right, the same philosophy. And for Briggs to put him out, it's like having a coach out ready for you. He, Briggs has. Still been very vocal on the sideline, but not as much because Deckel can cover and talk to the players a little more than he can. So I like having Deckel out there. I like the fact that Dekel is getting the start. I like that he's scoring goals on set pieces. I like that he's you know playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's not afraid to play. Sargis is afraid to make mistakes, it seems like, at times because he's still, he's still relatively young. He doesn't know if he makes mistakes if that's his last opportunity um so you know for us it's hey Deckel you get a yellow card okay that's fine we know you're good for it but he knows also he's experienced enough to know that okay I got a yellow now I have to back up a little bit but he's still savvy he's still smart enough to play the game to not get another yellow
1: yeah definitely it's it's what we would hope especially in the game against Phoenix that I think we're going to see a lot of yellow cards in this game and okay. players really need a make sure that they have that mentality, that mental check. Like you said, John, with Deckel, I think it has to be all across the board, whoever you are. And if we do repeat this lineup, we are seeing a lot of experienced players in terms of age, right? That have had a couple of years already and some a lot more than others, but you want those players in the playoffs. Um, would you guys want to bring in any of the young players in the bench? Or who who of the young players would you keep and who do you not bring with you to this match, if there's any?
0: The only young player I'm taking is Sargis. I'm sorry. You, you, you talk about wanting to win championships. You talk about wanting to lift the trophy, and you you talk about that perpetual. Now, does that mean we're, they're going to hold anybody back? Probably not. There, everybody will probably travel. I think that's, that's safe to say, is everybody's going to travel. But um, your sub list is really, really short. I don't think you see five subs in this match because you're not guaranteed a next game. You might see two. So whoever your subs are, is that Sam and and Drew Skundrich. Okay. Do you throw Sargis in there for the last 20 minutes again, if needed? Yeah. Do you have, you know, Shannon or uh, Juan? Yeah. You've got, you've got selection and, uh, and, you know, Ash goes and you got to put all your chips out, man. You can't mess this up. You have to You have to be ready, gung-ho, go for broke. Because, again, you're not guaranteed the next round and you want to win. This is your opportunity, Mark Briggs, to uh, to show why you're the head coach of the Sam, uh, Sacramento Republic.
2: You know, I'm in the same boat as well. I mean, this this is the time to shine yeah, for, for the big-name players that, that are in it. It's great to have young stars that, to see the playoff experience, but if you want to guarantee going to the next round or, or guarantee as much as you can – you need the big names to be available. This is not the time where the first substitution, second substitution, send in your previously academy player yeah, fresh into the playoffs for the first time. This is not that time. You've got, got to have, like like uh, Jonathan said, you've got to have uh, Werner available, uh, Barahona, uh, Iwasa. I know Iwasa hasn't had a uh, greatest of years aside from the 50th goal, but I would feel safer having wassa and even as a substitute rather than go with the young guns. It's nothing against uh, the young ones like uh you know, like Juju Lopez, uh Mario, they're great players, but this is not the time to put them in, in such a high pressure situation as the playoffs. You need your big names to seal the deal, move on to the next round and repeat.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about Cameron quite a bit <laughs> here on the podcast and and now as we get closer into the playoffs. uh, I think he is the person that has us all thinking if we should see him in this first playoff game or if maybe coach should not even sub him in because let's remember that Frankie is there and I know we just got Frankie and there might be people that are Team Frankie, Team Iwasa, but I think in the short amount of time that we've seen Frankie, at least we've seen him have more of that mentality where he wants to go out front, he wants to get the win, he wants to really... Uh, get a goal and when Cameron's gone in the match we haven't really seen much of that true in the last match he was close to getting a goal in but you know the reality is he wasn't able to get it and uh, I I still wasn't as convinced and seeing him there and so if you're a coach and you're losing the match do you guys put in Cameron or do you guys go with Frankie
0: I think you gotta go Frankie I mean he's come in he's he's the honey badger man he he will do everything he can he will disrupt. He will chase. He will do everything he can to get on the score sheet or help his team get on the score sheet. I can't say the same for Cam. Sorry. At times it's like he's got this shoot first mentality where Frankie's going to chase the ball down and he's going to keep his head up and he's going to look for an opportunity. He's very much oriented to make sure the team gets, gets going. Um, because he knows that's his job. If you go back and you can recall, you know, I had a, I had a great conversation last night with Super Mario from the Sacramento Knights uh, in the CISL times, and he and I were talking about you know you have, sometimes have to have a player who's who's willing to throw a chair at a head coach and uh, you know yell at teammates like Troy Dyak and Sean Blakeman. Uh, you got to have those guys, and I think Frankie is one of those guys. He's not afraid to say it, and so for me personally, like I've witnessed I witnessed chair throwing in the in the Knights locker room. I picked up picked up a bunch of pieces of a broken lawn chair from from a throw at uh at coach. So I I I respect that and Mario hit it on hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, sometimes you when you go to a playoff game, you have to you have to go with it, with your guns
2: blazing because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, I I would go with Frankie in a heartbeat. And the few matches I've seen him come in, I mean, he's just gone in Full 1,000%. One, 1, I mean, he gets in there, he attacks, basically throws his body almost against the other uh, goalie. Uh, Iwasa has admittedly lost some of that fire we've seen in years past. I mean, believe me, I, I love my goat salsa. You know, that's my dude right there. But the fire has all but diminished in him th- this season. Frankie is going to give us that additional boost that we need in the playoffs. I mean, especially after the past couple matches, I mean, all that's left now is for him to actually get one in the net, but I really think that's gonna be happening fairly soon. If if not Saturday, then perhaps if we do move on to the next round, perhaps then there. But I would definitely go with Frankie.
0: Well, also if you look at the if you look at the, the roster, right? The 18 from um, from the last weekend, your subs were uh, Juju, Cam, Frankie, Sargis, and Gomez. Okay. So you still don't have Ash, you don't have Werner, there, and you don't have Skundrich. Okay. So you got three players right there. That's taking over Juju, Awasa, and even potentially Sargis. So you've got those three players who are still gonna now. I'm not saying Ash is gonna play. I don't I don't know if he's ready yet. So that might just leave you with two subs on top of the guys you had. So you have to replace you you will replace Juju and Awasa. I think Gomez goes because Gomez has the pace, especially with Asante. Um, You know, Sargis with the size and the ability to play in the center of defense, especially if you get up, you need another body back there. He can sub on for Andrew because we've seen him attack. We know he can get forward. I'd be curious to see what happens with Roro playing 90 minutes in that last match. I, I don't know if that was necessary to play him for a full 90, but, you know, it's that time of year. Everybody, all hands on deck. You gotta you gotta put it forward. So we'll see. I mean, if you look at who played ninety, uh, Barahona, um, Tomas, Formella, Bijev, and Lopez, those were your ninety minute guys. So everybody else got pulled off at about 69th ninth minute, um, halftime. Who else got pulled off? Uh, Carlton came off at halftime. So you got you got those guys who are your speedsters, who are your your. Your legs, you got those guys some rest. They got an extra forty-five, just to keep them sharp. So you'll see them start, but I, I'll be I'll be very concerned. I want to see. I'd love to talk to Roro to see how he's feeling, uh, preparing for this game on Saturday.
2: And one thing that we do have an advantage uh, this time compared to May, you're not going to ha- be playing in a hundred ten degree heat. It's still going to be at nighttime. In fact, uh, this coming Sunday and Monday we're barely going to hit 89. So the heat e- equation is going to be taken out considerably for Sacramento. Uh, as far as speed goes, yes, we've got to have someone that can keep up with Asante and to a slightly lesser degree a the back row. So if Roa plays in 90 minutes, I mean, if he's up for it, great. Uh, the, the, the elevated temperature uh, could be a factor. I don't really believe it's going to be, especially since it's already October and we're in our, Essentially, fall or less than summer heat. So, it, it's not going to surprise me to see Robo play a full ninety in this match.
0: Well, let's not forget they also played their their match um, Saturday as well, and they they had they were limited. And so, let's talk a little bit about their limited um, happenings. Coach is not on the sideline. Um, no. They're without Junior Fleming. They just lost uh, Nick Bramby, who was their, uh, was essentially one of their midfielders they got from San Antonio, who was supposed to come in and, and fight for um, a place in the mid, but really didn't make it out. Lost to uh, Santi Moore, uh, his spot. So I don't know. I'm curious. Yes, they won 4-1 against LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy sat a lot of their guys. They didn't want to risk any injuries going against Reno. But playoff time is different, and when you're without your best player, arguably the one of the best players in the league, um, you know you you might not be hitting on all cylinders going to this match. What are your guys' thoughts? Because I I I'm under the impression, yeah, he's gone for six games, it may be more, and I don't know if this Phoenix team that played in the regular season. It's going to be the same come playoff time because now it's starting to sink in that. All right, the ship is falling apart a little bit or is it?
1: I I think we're going to see a a different Phoenix, especially if if you take away junior Fleming's that we know just how how dangerous he is with Phoenix. And you take one of those pieces out of the puzzle. And essentially I think you're, you're not going to have the same mentality on the team because he's just that important of a player there. So We are definitely going to see a different team from that perspective. And, you know, like you said, John, they're not going to have their coach. He's on that admin leave still. And people might not think it's such a big issue not to have coach there because he's still in in practice, but it really is a factor not to have him there. He's not giving instruction. He's not able to motivate the team if need be, uh, really give instruction during those hydration breaks, which – I know, Jared, you guys are probably (laughs) going to for sure have those. I I could not see you guys going without those in the playoffs. And so you're not going to have that. And if we recall the Republic games, every time we have that hydration break, it's a perfect moment for our coach to be able to give instruction. You guys have probably seen the videos, right, of him uh, giving the instruction and also, of course, during the games as well. And so it becomes a big factor not to have him, especially – if you go down in the result, you're going to need to have your coach there. And so I think it is going to take a toll on them. But at the same time, I you know I, I wouldn't be overconfident that just because they don't have their coach and Flemings, we're going to see a completely different team. They still have to keep their guard, make sure that uh, you don't let them score before you do. Uh, and so ultimately, you got to take advantage of that player that is not going to be there, and he's going to be replaced by another player that surely did not play as many minutes as he did and so that might be a key factor in making sure that you attack more on that side versus uh, anything else really I think now, yeah you, you're spot on as far as uh,
2: we needing we our hydration breaks here in Arizona granted it's not going to be the same old one dollar hydration specials as Phoenix has enjoyed in the years past. Uh, but yes, yeah, so without Rick Chance, uh, there is going to be a, a loss to some chemistry—not uh, a complete loss, but it's going to be significant to the point where not having Junior flaming is going to be bad enough. But not having uh, the the fire, the spark uh, that you've enjoyed for the past couple seasons, not there at the, at your sideline, that is going to be a detriment to Phoenix. And also with the the controversy uh, happening last week it's reflecting on fans as well. A lot of fans are split uh, in regard to the organization, Uh, Coach Chance, uh, Junior Flemings. uh, There's a large number that are still riding on uh, Phoenix Rising FC, uh, taking a lack of acting upon it, having to wait for the league to make its decision. Uh, But, of course, you're going to have the diehards that – Understand what's happening. They're still they're still going to go for Phoenix Rising, which uh, I completely get. Uh, but this is definitely going to be a different Phoenix team than we've known from even last month, two months ago, even a couple years ago. So any chance that Republic of Sea can take to uh, take advantage of this lack of chemistry and like possible lack of focus uh, on Phoenix's end, it's going to work out for the better. And once we get over this massive hurdle of Phoenix whether it be Reno, Los Dos, I think the road gets easier from there.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one more thing to add. Sure, they're going to have attendance at the game, but it is super limited, right, Jared? And uh, we are going to have, you know, you and and a couple others that I've been hearing around might actually be making the trip out there. And so it's something else that also plays in your favor, right? You're not going to have the typical sellout crowds that you would usually in a normal year that, you can get you know a bit uh, hostile environment, right?
2: Uh, that's true. Uh, granted, even though Casino Arizona Field only seats 6,000, uh, rising fans have been known to fill the, the place up. I mean, especially when you have some of the bigger name clubs coming to town. But with the fact that it's going to be opening to limited number of fans, that takes a, a big uh, wind out of Phoenix's sales. And as far as other folks coming in i got a friend over in yuma uh which is a border between uh arizona and california uh he's actually going to be making the trip down i was able to actually get a single seat available because uh at first when they released the pre-sales yesterday i tried uh to get one single ticket but a few minutes later i got a call from phoenix rising fc staff saying hey uh that block is for four people. You're going to be taken away from multiple people. But we, we know you're a away fan. Let's get you taken care of. And they were able to get me in uh, our usual section 107, but with a single seat separated from everyone else. Uh, so more than likely, I'll actually be in a more TV view compared to other matches.
0: Nice. Well, yeah, the match itself, I mean, I don't know if it's an advantage to some extent. The fan base probably won't be as rowdy. It won't be the same. You might get a couple of golf claps here or there, some hoot and hollers, but when you look at 5:38, um, this match they they base it off of matches played uh, behind closed doors. Well, this is um, home field advantage, so we're gonna say that this match itself, with the Phoenix Rising, um, it's gonna take an eight percent difference. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna say 5:38 has the Phoenix rising an 80% chance to win this match. Now, is that too high? Probably. I, I I don't know if they've taken into account what we've talked about, but we'll see. I think, uh, I think Phoenix rising still has players capable of putting on a good performance, but I think the stress and, and the kind of what is now known and what the, what the league has said since their last game, I think that's going to come back to, to affect them. And it's a playoff game. The Republic are going to show up ready to play. Hopefully Mark Briggs has them ready. They get a good, uh, good breakfast, get a good night's sleep on the way down Friday and um, are prepared come um,
1: Saturday night. Yeah, like I said before, it, it's going to be really important not to get a goal in those first 10 minutes. Uh, heck, I'd say in that first half. Really important not to be down in the result because you want to start the second half with a fresh new outlook and and still be able to know that there is a chance that you can win it and not have to pull a comeback win as well and so that will be really critical, and so the players need to be really focused in that match and and really be able to make the most out of those hydration breaks. I'm sure a lot of instruction is going to happen there, and a, a good hydration is always going to be necessary, as I said. Down there, and so you know, really hoping uh, for the best. And and as I said in the previous podcast, if we see a team that actually gave it their all, even if they still lose, I'll still be satisfied with this team this season. But if we see a really bad performance, we're not going to be pleased at all. And so that's the thing. We're playing against a difficult opponent. Of course, we all want to get to that final to that championship, but. You first got to pass this test and i think if we take any positive thing out of actually playing against phoenix first is that like you were saying jared after this the road isn't going to be that difficult if you beat phoenix which is probably arguably one of the best uh west uh teams sure you might have reno ahead which it will be another challenge in itself but you already beat them you you've been unbeaten against them there's a little less pressure right because the team already knows the other team. They played against them four times. And as you keep moving on, you are just not going to find a team that was as difficult as Phoenix. And so I think the players need to take that into consideration. But if we do pull a win at Phoenix, I think we could see this team making it all the way to the like USL final. Let's not be surprised if that happens after this happens, especially because it'll be a really big motivating factor moving along in the playoffs. I mean, like I said, I mean, Phoenix is going to be the biggest
2: uh, hurdle. If there is any other issues that are going to come across during the Western Conference finals, I would say maybe San Antonio. I mean, they've had a magnificent run as well uh, in their group. Uh, Granted, I've mostly paid attention to groups A and B because they're the closest. But, yeah, I'd say for Western Conference, if we play our cards right, we'll probably end up Playing San Antonio, El Paso. Not quite sure. I mean, I know they've had some uh, some stumbles here and there, but I would say it's not going to surprise me if we end up playing against San Antonio for the Western title.
0: I agree. I think San Antonio's done a really good job this year. You know, with Mitch and um, having him back in that in that lineup, I think that changed their alter the way they played, altered their defense. Uh, especially Hayden. I think that in and of itself is uh is huge. That's that's changing momentum. That's giving them a chance and, and having two former Republic players on that team definitely uh definitely doesn't hurt.
1: If you guys are actually gonna watch it, they're actually uh the club is gonna have a watch party. Uh, not typical of away games, but they are actually gonna have one. So uh please uh, go ahead and join it. Um I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they're gonna have they're gonna have to, Thomas Stewart, Tommy Stewart. Uh, we all know him, uh, uh, part of that first championship team. So feel free to check that out. Uh, I, I will be on there. I don't know if uh, you, John, are gonna be on there as well, uh, but we will be uh, on if, if No, I'll be uh, I'll be the
0: recovering from the NFGA Mega Bowl tournaments uh, live on Facebook. That's gonna be huge uh we will be covering the final uh giving everybody kind of an idea of what happened throughout the day with some action and results um it's going to be a long day i might have to come home and take a nap before this match starts
1: <laughs> also I, w- I would say now that we have you here Jared, if you're okay with that i think it would be amazing to have a live after the game too you at the stadium so you'd be able to get some reactions or you can let us know what you hear down there what is being said after the game and Hopefully, again, it's it's a victory, and you're just hearing uh, everyone just celebrating. But if it's not, then still, you know, we could still hear what's what's going on uh, if you're able to.
2: Yeah, I'd be glad to. I mean, it's I know it's a no back policy for this match, but uh, you know, as long as I have the uh, the cargo shorts, you know, I have my backup uh, power bank with me, and hopefully, give some insights after the game before hopefully going over to Mill Avenue for a bit of a brisket burrito and victory. Uh, Negra
0: That's what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> Are you guys tired of cooking? Tired of having to go to the grocery store to fix dinner? Well, check out evolve kitchen. Uh, if you use code, our cup of tea, you'll receive 20% off on your first order along with free shipping over any order over a hundred dollars. This is awesome because it sends you meals directly to your door. All you have to do is throw them in the microwave for 90 seconds and you're ready to go. Keto friendly, paleo, uh, vegetarian, and chef special. So check them out at Evolve Foods. Um, use code our cup of tea on your checkout and get 20% off your first order.
1: One last thing I, I wanted to ask you, Jared. Uh, uh, I know you've probably had the insight on. Maybe other fellow Republic fans aside from, I know you said a fan that is right there in the border between California and Arizona is going. Have you heard of any other fans that are going to be joining you so we can maybe get uh, maybe some TBB chants going on during the match or, or how's that looking like?
2: Well, there is a Facebook group uh, that we do have for uh, Sacramento Kings and Republic FC fans in Arizona. Uh, understandably, uh, some of the folks that have uh, responded are. Uh, taking the uh, the safe route and just uh, watching by way of uh, uh, CW sixty one he- here in Phoenix because they will televise the game uh, locally. Uh, but uh, if there's any other fans in the Arizona area, Southern California, you know, just know that they aren't going to be uh, requiring masks. Uh, there's no bags to carry w- with you. Uh, but I do believe it's going to be a safe. Uh, Safe match for all the fans attending. Uh, tickets are as cheap as nineteen dollars, and of course, since Ticketmaster is involved, there's going to be fees. But still, it's playoffs and soccer. I mean, you, you can't beat it.
1: That is actually a good price for for a playoff ticket. I think uh in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken, playoff tickets were like twenty-two dollars. I think somewhere around there. So pre- pretty good deal, especially during this time. And so you know, it's it's really good that you guys will be there. I know it's we're in really difficult times and it's not easy to make that choice to actually go. Uh, I mean, I wish I could go, but I probably would join the other fans there and probably just watch from TV. But, you know, could really kudos to you guys for, for going there to still support the team and, of course, stay safe. And, uh, yeah, make sure you do, do some chants. I know it's we'll probably hear you because, again, there's not that many people in the stadium. And so uh, let's use that to our advantage so the players can hear the – they're really great Bridge, uh chance. Absolutely. I mean, if it comes down to it, I'll I'll just uh, empty out a, a
2: kilt lifter can and use it as a megaphone.
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And unique. And unique. Well, this Saturday's match starts at 7.30. That match will take place here locally, My58, Estrella TV, and ESPN+. plus. Um, and as Luis said, we'll probably be doing... Um, a post-match conversation dependent on the score line and the result. But um, we definitely look forward to that. So, again, 7.30 Saturday, My58, Estrella TV, and ESPN+. Plus, Sac Republic against the Phoenix Rising. Should be a good match. Um, we look forward to it. Jared, we look forward to potentially seeing you on
2: camera. Um
0: uh, and, you know, supporting the club, we're, we're excited, and we wish you the best of luck and safe travels to and from the stadium.
2: Uh, thanks again. I uh, definitely look forward to that match. I mean, it's technically the first match I will have gone to all year, thanks to Miss Rona, but uh, it's definitely going to be a barn burner. I mean, like you said, on My58, uh, ESPN Plus, and it's 3FTV Sacramento. Uh, for folks in the Phoenix area, be sure to tune it to CW61. Ah, uh, they're carrying the match live as well. Just try not to fall asleep from the local uh, broadcasters. <laughs> That's
0: right the sleepy the sleepy broadcasters that they are. They, they'll they'll take it. Hopefully, take a nap beforehand. So we'll see. Um, so this weekend, uh, October tenth, starting at around noon, we have at Emerald Lakes Golf Course in El Grove. We have the National Foot Golf Association's Mega Bowl. Grand prize is $1,000 for those who uh, participate in the Elite. The winner will get $1,000 and a nice shiny trophy. And then those who participate in not the Elite, that's okay. You will get $300 as part of your uh, reward for winning. So make sure you guys are out there. Um, podcast mom will be running the beer cart. She will have Coors Light, some Lagunitas, Truly's, and, of course, everybody's favorite beverage, Water. So make sure you check out that uh, we will be accepting cards as we uh, we have Square, um, so we'll be taking payments uh, via Square while out on the course and um, on our website. As you cannot see, but we can. Jared is supporting and sponsored by one of our scarves from Roughneck Scarves. Uh, Jared, give us if you could give us a description and and kind of a breakdown of this awesome. Scarf that you can find on roughneck. roughneckscarves.com. Can you give us uh, an
2: idea? How does that work in Phoenix for you, there, buddy? Oh, it, it works excellently. I mean, you, you figure your your regular run-of-the-mill scarf, uh, acrylic yarn, it's, it's going to be thick. We don't do th- thick yarn out here unless we're going up the flagstaff. This scarf right here, it's it still has some weight to it, and it actually uh, sits on the shoulder very nicely. I remember when I first got this in the mail a couple months back. I was able to, to go uh, about 20 minutes away, just take a walk, you know, wear it out, and I just felt uh, amazed by it, by how thin but still weighted it is. You're not going to get weighted down too heavily. You're not going to be sweltering like you're in a sauna with this. This is a perfect summer scarf. I mean, it's a to have. It, even if you just have it for decoration, you know, it's, it's well worth the money.
0: Nice. Nice. Thank you for, for the description. I appreciate it. Also, you can get stickers for our cup of tea, Austin or FC Austin elite and the California storm. Uh, send us a direct message. We will send you out um, a three pack of stickers for $2. Um, all proceeds go to uh town FC and our cup of tea to pay for some new equipment that we've uh, recently acquired. Via Sweetwater. So make sure you guys are getting scarves as well as the stickers. Uh, check us out at sacktownfc.com.
1: Also, you guys know that you guys can follow us on social media as well. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Three platforms. Search Sacktown FC and you'd be able to find us. If you're not following us yet, give us a follow. Um, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, subscribe to it so you're able to be notified. Every time we actually post a new episode as well. Get out from under your rock. Yeah. (laughs) And on Facebook, we also have a Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans, where anybody could join. It doesn't matter where you're from. If you're a soccer fan, we welcome you to join our group, uh, join in on the soccer discussions. We talk about anything going on in the soccer world. uh, So please feel free to join in the conversation. Um, Also, if you are a gamer, we are on Xbox and PlayStation 4. On Xbox, you can find us at SacktownFC. I'm there. I play FIFA 20 and Fortnite. Hopefully soon, FIFA 21. I'll give it uh, another month to be able to get it on special. Get those Thanksgiving specials going on. And on PlayStation 4, you can find us Sacktown underscore FC. John manages that account. He's still playing the new golf game, which we're still waiting for a challenger out there. So if you got PlayStation 4, go buy that game. We want to see. Uh, someone uh, play against John, and we want to see that on Twitch. And so, if you are down for that challenge, then please uh, feel free to send us a message so we can get something going on.
0: All right, it's our time. Before we let you go, Jared, we need a prediction, sir. What is your prediction? You are going to the match, and you are a supporter of the great
2: Sacramento Republic squad.
0: What is your prediction for this match?
1: Hmm.
2: My second powers haven't been, been great the last time they came to town, but I am going to say 3-2 Republic.
1: Luis? I'm going to say we tie 2-2 and we go all the way to penalty kicks and Rafi mm. ends up being the penalty kick hero and we end up uh, getting it, but it's going to be a really tough match, but I see it going all the way to penalty kicks.
0: This prediction this is going to be hard. We're going to give up a goal in the first 15 minutes. We're going to give up a goal in the first 15 minutes. Roro's going to score, save the day, tie it 1-1. And the Honey Badger, Frankie Lopez, in the 85th minute, is going to send us home with a W. 2-1 Republic, gentlemen. 2-1 Republic. That's my
1: thought. Um, hey, that happens. Um, we better see Frankie next season. They better actually... Try to purchase right. them right from OKC. <laughs>
0: right. So that's my prediction. Um, yeah. Don't forget Monday. Uh, we will have a live hour cup of tea with a special announcement. Can't, can't spoil that. But also, again, we'll be live at the Mega Bowl on Saturday and post-match, hopefully post-match <laughs> on Saturday. So check us out. Stay tuned. Uh, more to come. From us, and then when the off season happens, we're not going away. We'll still be giving you guys content. We'll still be interviewing fans, friends, community members um, from all backgrounds to give you some insight on Sacramento soccer. So, uh, with that, I say thank you. Cheers,
2: and have a good night.
1: Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Good night from
2: Arizona. Glory, glory, Sacramento.